The Startup to Scale Up Game Plan is brought to you by Alpina Search, Europe's premier talent search firm, dedicated to helping technology startups and scale-ups recruit high-impact executives. Now over to your host, Gary Riemann. It's a real pleasure today to welcome uh, Usman, uh, General Manager at Spark Cognition, a leading provider of AI solutions for IoT who recently closed a $57 million Series B with the likes of Verizon Ventures and Boeing to support their leadership in the AI 3.0 revolution. Now, Usman is a thought leader in machine learning, cognitive computing, security, and industrial IoT, and he sits on a Forbes uh, Technology Council, but he's also an international cricketer. Indeed, he is the USA's all-time leading wicket-taker. So, Usman, a very warm welcome to today's episode. Thank you. Glad to be here. Likewise. So, uh, Usman, I'd love to hear a little bit about your early career and how you made the long journey from international cricketer to GM at a, a leading and very exciting AI scale-up. Yeah, it's uh, been an interesting journey. Obviously, I spent a lot of time playing cricket uh, in my early 20s, but I was always fascinated uh, with technology and um, came here to the U.S. um, as a computer science student at the University of Texas at Austin and really enjoyed the the technology part of it. I joined, uh, I went to school in the time when the dot-com was at its boom. So this computer science and uh, IT and technology was uh, at its boom. And for some reason, I had some fascination with uh, artificial intelligence, whether it was because of IBM's Deep Blue, uh, Kasparovich um, battle that they had back in the 1996, but that had an impact on me. And I had some fascination with AI. So I took a lot of classes in AI, even graduate classes, even as an undergrad, but never pursued it because AI was not a big deal back then. So I graduated and moved into a role in product development at IBM where I hardened my technical skills and I learned how to program and develop new products, software products. But I found out very quickly that I enjoyed taking technology to the the clients and enterprise clients and uh, moved into sales with IBM. So uh, all of that part was uh, primarily learning how to build technologies and how to understand customers' needs and also to sell technology to enterprise clients. And then I went to business school and came out and went to the Boston Consulting Group to learn management consulting and the more business uh, side of the, the equation. And there I learned a lot of the, the analytic skills problem-solving skills, as well as understanding big problems and understanding having C-level conversations to solve really large problems. So all of that came together, building my business and technical acumen and love for artificial intelligence. However, I always had a passion for entrepreneurship, and I feel sports and cricket in particular have a lot in common with entrepreneurship. So there was always that bug in me that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So with AI starting to come back uh, in, in mainstream, I thought this was a good time to get back to entrepreneurial uh, uh, venture and combine all the skills I've had uh, so far. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, how I got to where I am. Wonderful. So a really varied path. Almost sounds as though you've uh, been for an MBA program, but spread it out over a decade or so of real life experience. It's uh, great to hear those, uh, those varied experiences. Now, 
You mentioned when we last chatted the challenge of productizing artificial intelligence. What are the productizing challenges you've faced and how have you overcome them? That's a great question. The industry is still relatively in its early stages. Artificial intelligence relies heavily on data today. And the data formats, data quality, data uh, density, all of those are extremely different when you move from one use case to another or even within the same use case. To give you an example, a pump or a turbine can be used in a very different condition. The same turbine can be used in a very different operating condition or environment for that matter. And to algorithms, AI algorithms, it means uh, very different things. So the data really dictates and makes the brings the variability into the into the equation and that's uh, generally very hard to productize because there's no solution out of the box because your data could be very different from the next client's data for the same use case so we quickly realized with a few early engagements that uh, that would be a challenge for artificial intelligence and machine learning based engagements and in order to scale we got to learn how to productize. So we started focusing on technologies that would automate the process of data cleansing, data formatting, as well as model building. And our focus as a company has gone into that. What we have been able to achieve over the last four and a half, five years is the ability to automate the data science and creating the mind of a data scientist or an artificial intelligence expert through automation which is extremely powerful because data science, data scientists and artificial intelligence uh, experts are trying to automate other jobs. We're also focusing on automating the, the, the mind of data science because there are not enough people available to do it, the job itself. So we have focused a lot on that and that has helped us productize this. And this is a problem that um, a lot of the, the companies are facing. They have become a services company or they've become companies that are doing projects here and there. So that was an early insight that we had and we've spent a lot of effort uh, into productizing that to automate that. Also layering in subject matter expertise. So some of the folks who understand combustion turbines, folks who understand pumps, we have used their expertise to augment our artificial intelligence automation as well. So that was a big challenge. That was a territory nobody had ever gone into. So we are breaking new grounds. We are finding things. We are doing cha challenging ourselves. And that's been one of the most fun part of the job is to be in the unknown territory where nobody has uh, has gone. So that, I think, is one of the biggest achievements that we have done as a technology company. Obviously, we have solved some really big problems. But when we look at AI, automating the data science and hardening them in products has been a really rewarding experience for us. You mentioned having solved some really big problems. What, what are some of the big problems that you've solved? Can you give us one or two examples? Absolutely. When you talk about aerospace, for example, the one of the problems in uh, uh, autopilots is the ability for plane to automatically can or continue to fly when an unforeseen event happens. So autopilots are designed to operate in steady state. So if nothing happens, they know where to go. They're defined by fuzzy logic or static rules. So if nothing happens, do this. If this happens, do this. But when unforeseen things happen that the program has never seen, where the rules are not defined, it becomes 
a challenging issue. The One of the problems that we're working with one of the largest aerospace company is to build an autopilot that can react and act in situations that we have never seen before. So to be able to handle situations that we can't write code for, if this happens, do this. We, we don't know what can happen. In those situations, the AI system is performing better than human experts. It is performing much better than even uh, the autopilots because they're not designed to do so. So that's one problem. The second problem that, uh, that I can highlight is the, uh, with uh, the utilities business. When a combustion turbine expert comes, to, comes into the office, they have to look at a lot of the uh, turbine behavior, especially during startup and coast down of um, turbines. And if you're a large utility, uh, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of startup and coast downs. And again, when this combustion turbine, which is probably the most complex industrial asset out there, it starts up or coasts down, the complexity of that system is very high. And it takes a lot of time and effort to find which startup or coast down is very complex. And if something goes wrong undetected, that could be a three-digit million-dollar event. Blades can fly off, people can die, a lot of bad things can happen. And we've taken that challenge and applied artificial intelligence to that. And we're able to identify not only which startup and coast down have an issue, but also give you the reasons why we think this is a problem and helped you drill down into the specific issues. So when the same person comes into the office next day, they don't have to go and find all the anomalous behaviors or startups and coast down. They can focus on exactly which ones they need to prioritize and with the reasons so they can verify or deny whether this was right or wrong and fix those. So those are a couple of examples. Then we're doing a lot of work in defense where um, we are influencing the policy, how AI uh, should be incorporated into warfare and how that might change the way we fight wars and influence global dominance. So those are two or three examples that I can think of that are fairly large and impactful that we're solving with artificial intelligence. I know you've got some interesting perspectives on market perception versus internal perception and how there can be a disconnect between those perceptions as spark cognition has really begun to scale, but also both the IoT and the AI markets have rapidly evolved. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about those differences in perception and um, how that's affected you and, and your colleagues at Spark Cognition. Yeah, that's something that I have made a conscious effort to keep a pulse on because initially it was very hard to see what was going on uh, outside of the company and to be able to translate that inside. When you're inside the company doing good things and there are successes, you kind of get detached to how the market is changing or perceiving you. And there were some comments made as uh, along the years as we, we were growing where that made me stop and say, ah, we have become big. And the most recent one was uh, when the chairman of the UT Austin computer science program, uh, who also happens to be um, our chief science officer, he stopped by and said, hey, I think uh, you are the it company at UT Austin computer science program. I was like, what does that mean? He said, that means this is the company that 
everybody wants to go work for. And when when I was back at UT Austin, Trilogy was the company where everybody wanted to go work for. And I really looked up to that company and it was a big deal. So when he made that comment, I was um, kind of um, pleasantly surprised because I had missed the the whole realization that we have become a company that is um, uh, sought out by uh, the top graduates at uh, one of the top uh, computer science programs. But to go back to your question, the market evolved as we were growing up. So when we started four and a half years ago, five years ago, the IoT market was in its uh, infancy. Artificial intelligence was a word that was not encouraged because it was um, tabooed. It had artificial intelligence has let the society down a couple of times before. So people didn't want to use the word artificial intelligence. So cognitive computing is what IBM was using. And industrial internet was what something GE was using, but it was very early stages. And uh, we dove into that market and we were trying to pioneer a few things. And the whole perception started to change. And uh, you have to keep up with that perception. And that's one learning for me. The market was evolving and the perception was evolving of the market and the market's perception of you as a company, as a leading company in that space. So it was interesting to keep a tab off on what was going on and how the market was seeing. And, and I tried to relay that message, message to the employees at Spark Cognition so they understand how well we are doing and how well, how good this market is. So typically it's easy to lose track of the inside perception and the outside perception. But as a, the lesson learned for me is make a conscious effort to connect them. And um, it could be in our case, it was a good thing. It could be that uh, market perception is uh, negative. And if that's the case, you need to adjust that. But it's an important to uh, level to keep a pulse on. Well, it's uh, wonderful for hiring exceptional talent if you now have that reputation as the, the go-to company to work for in, uh, in AI in your, in your territory. So that's uh, great news. As we've heard, you're also a leading international cricketer. And I know you've combined your sports career and your AI expertise with a uh, Moneyball 2.0 approach to sports science and, and sports talent. So what exactly is Moneyball 2.0? Uh, yeah, so Moneyball is a concept for folks who are not familiar with uh, baseball analytics. Is, uh, there was a general manager at Oakland A's uh, a few years back uh, who decided to use analytics to approach baseball. And he found uh, some hidden talents based on analytics. And those analytics were quite basic in nature based on Excel sheet or some basic statistical analysis. But that changed the game completely. And uh, it has uh, revolutionized the way people look at sports, especially baseball. And baseball was pretty well primed for statistics because it's a discrete sport and has a lot of statistics just like cricket does. Why I call this Moneyball 2.0 is, or Moneyball on steroids, pun intended here, uh, especially for uh, baseball, is the machine learning and artificial intelligence can take the analytics to a different level. What does that mean? One, it can find hidden relationships within the data set that human beings can't see. It can analyze data in a way that human beings cannot. And the third thing is it can also analyze just like human beings can do. So, for example, human beings rely on analytics, but they also look at players. They also read stuff 
uh, about the player. They also look at their behavior. And all of that goes into a human analysis, not just statistics. And with computer vision, with natural language processing, with uh, statistical analysis and relationships that we can extract out of data and combine all different types of data sets, we can evaluate a player or a play just like a human being, or in some cases, even better than a human being. So that's why I call it Moneyball 2.0. It's the same concept as uh, introduced by Billy Bean back in uh, with Moneyball, but it's taking it to the next level, and uh, but doing the same things, but at a much different scale. And is this part of um, part of what you're doing with Spark Cognition, or is it a, a, a bit of a side project for you, Usman? It's uh, more of a side project. I have think there's an opportunity to help some of the sports franchises and um, teams to, with, with some of the analytics. So this is a side project that uh, we are engaged with um, the very early discussions with uh, professional football teams and as well as uh, some colleges. So um, this is a side project. It's a, If there is some traction, we might go into it as a company, but uh, that's something that um, that's a personal uh, personal pet project for myself. We also are fortunate enough at Spark Cognition to have many college athletes. We have a player, our our COO played college football. We have uh, three other players who have played American football college. We have a rower from Stanford and several others like that. So there's a lot of sports um, built into Spark Cognition. It's a more than normal percentage of people who, who have played some level of competitive sports. So there's a there's some interest in helping out with that type of a pet project, and it's interesting. So for now, it's a pet project, but um, might turn into a business one day. I think there's a few um, Premier League soccer clubs in England who might well be interested in uh, in speaking to you. So um, maybe I can introduce you to my beloved West Ham United, who've just appointed a, a new manager this week, and I'm sure they could very much utilize uh, Moneyball 2.0. That would be awesome. <laughs> have you done any work yes. with the soccer clubs? Not yet, but I have been invited to talk to some of the soccer clubs in, uh, in Europe. So that could be next. Uh, and if I can help your team win, uh, I'm more than happy to do so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see if we can uh, uh, queue up an, an introduction for you. Who's really inspired you to be who you are today, Usman? I have not thought about this in a lot of detail. I have a lot of mentors, but not one that has shaped my career. Uh, one thing that has changed my philosophy and that has helped me a lot is I'm following my passion or uh, identifying it uh, with uh, answering one fundamental question. And that fundamental question is when I look back, when I'm on my deathbed, what decisions have I made that I will be proud of? And I can look back and say, yes, you you led a good life and you did things that made an impact. And that has um, allowed me to take some risks that I initially was averse to. So I'm starting to take risks in life that I'm like, okay, when I'm whatever age, if, uh, if I'm dying and say, look, I made that decision because, and that really helped my personal satisfaction, my family's well-being, and um, and an impact on the world. So that has really changed the way. Uh, but one person who who comes to my mind is uh, our CEO and founder, uh, he Amir Hussain. He 
likes solving big problems. He wants to contribute to artificial intelligence. He believes this is something that's going to be the, the biggest challenge and market creation in our lifetime. And to be able to influence that and be part of that is a big deal. And, um, and that uh, has influenced me quite a bit. And I um, have started taking decisions based on that. The reason why I am at Spark Cognition is because it's an amalgamation of all the things I like and can be proud of. I wanted to do something uh, from scratch, so from ground up. So that thing was important to me. I wanted to solve big problems and wanted to be at the forefront of technology and to be able to evangelize that. So all of that uh, came together in this role at the right time. But the decision is coming from the core saying, what do I like? What is important to me? And just following that path. So I don't know what's in store for me next, but um, that's been the, the, the guiding principle that I'm going to stick to. That's a, a lovely answer. And one of the deepest and most thought-provoking responses I've had to any, any question during this podcast series. So thank you for that, Usman. Let's talk about the future for a few moments. So you've raised nearly $60 million in VC funding. You've got a nice big war chest to spend. What do the next two to three years look like for you and the team at Spark Cognition? The next two to three years are extremely critical for the market as well as for Spark Cognition. While we have raised a lot of money, we are extremely disciplined about uh, spending them in the right areas. And as a young company, you you make mistakes, and and we I'm sure we will make mistakes too. But it's how quickly we can react and fix those mistakes. The money has been raised to harden our products, to build the best in the world uh, and products, and also to scale and um, sell to new markets and to continue selling to the existing markets. So it's to productize and to sell more, and that's where the money is going to go. The interesting thing about as the market is is evolving, this is the time for us to establish ourselves as the leaders which we have and to extend that lead in the marketplace. And the money has to be, as I said earlier, it has to be used in the right way because there are a lot of external factors that are out of your control. So you got to have that fiscal discipline to be able to provide longevity and scale at the same time. We are very keenly Following the AI market, it's at the peak of uh, and uh, at the hype cycle. It's um, uh, people are spending money at it. We are solving some big problems. There's a lot to extract still. There's a lot of uh, runway, and uh, we're glad to be a part of it. And um, there are a lot of changes coming up, and we just want to extend our lead. Wonderful. And I'm going to watch from the sidelines with a lot of excitement over the next two to three years, you're in a, a really happening space. You're solving some some huge problems. You could potentially solve some huge problems for West Ham United as well. So we'll see if we can see if we can get you uh, get you in there. So uh, Usman, thank you so much for sharing so many inspirational insights on today's show. And I wish you and the whole team at Spark Cognition uh, awesome success over the next few years. Thank you very much. It has been an honor to be part of your program and thank you for listening. You're very welcome, Usman. This episode of the Startup to Scale Up Game Plan was brought to you by Alpina Search. 
head over to www.alpinasearch.com for advice on scaling your technology startup and recruiting high-impact senior talent. <laughs>